Welcome back to Since You Didn't Ask. I'm again with Andrew McNeil, and I am Matthew Holbrook. Um, so, Andrew, we were talking here just before we started recording uh, about the question for today, and this one's uh, maybe a little a little more difficult to come up with something practical as, as far as how to answer, but what are we looking at talking about today? Yeah, so I think we want to phrase it as... Um, how should a Christian handle feelings of sadness, loneliness, depression that just extend for months or even years? Is that a fair way to phrase it, or do we want yeah. to nuance it a little more? Yeah, no, yeah. How, how, so if I was to personalize this, I'm feeling sad, depressed, lonely. This has been going on for a long time. I know that I'm supposed to rejoice in the Lord always. I just can't get there. What should I do? Um, and this one is particularly relevant in that in different ways, I hear a lot of people voicing that perspective. Um, and it, it, again, it gets expressed in different ways, but ultimately it comes back to that. So I think this is, this is relevant. And, um, so, uh, I would, I would suggest that one of the things, um, that I have come to, uh, the conclusion on um, over over the course of life is everyone finds themselves in those periods at some point or another. Um, so I think this is this is ultimately relevant. So somebody comes to you, Andrew, and says, "I've been really depressed for a long time." Let's not use the word depressed um, because there is potentially a clinical. Um, component to that, and I, I don't think that's specifically what we're talking about okay. uh, necessarily. Um, but I've just been sad um, for a long time, and um, specifically, uh, I've been sad because of these circumstances in life, um, and I can't get over it. Um, what are you going to tell me? Well, I suppose what I answer right now might come out differently to a real person. I'm not a real person. <laughs> but to put it in the most, I don't know, like sim simple terms, I feel like the way I think through it for myself is that the Bible commands us to be joyful and tells us that those who, who know the Lord and walk closely with him experience joy. And it says that they experience that in spite of their circumstances. Um, and so my starting point is it's possible. Joy is possible. If I know the Lord, uh, the Spirit can and will produce joy in me. Scripture doesn't say that you'll have that constantly, always, ever-increasing. It doesn't promise that. But that starting point helps me. And then practically, from there, I usually work towards, and I don't know why I feel weird saying this, but I, I'll speak for my own life. My immediate response is, there's, there's sin somewhere. There's sin somewhere. Um, in the way I'm thinking about this situation, in the way that I'm responding to other people, maybe I'm sinning in response to being sinned against. Maybe there's genuine circumstances that are, that are terrible, that are um, good reason to be sad or lonely. or I, That can all be true. And at least in my experience, the thing that ultimately brings me out and leads to joy is realizing joy is possible. Um, it, 
if my response is fully empowered by the Spirit and is fully in line with God's truth, then I think we can know that joy will come. Um, maybe not immediately. And then from there, the third thing I would say is, um, I, I think I probably heard this from John Piper somewhere, but um, usually my lack of joy comes from looking too inward too much of the time. And when I get my eyes away from myself and onto Christ, but not just onto Christ, but even onto um, everything that he's made and the beauty of it and the 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 interestingness of the world and of him and of like just the outward turn from me to others and to Christ and to his world starts the process. Now, I know we're talking about situations where you're kind of doing this stuff and it doesn't, it's quote unquote not working. So I don't know, you can talk more to kind of bringing me down to earth, but those are like the building blocks of where I would go in my own mind. Yeah. And I think that you've you've brought out some really good and important things, um, theological truth that um, will often fall on deaf ears for somebody who is, <laughs> and I, uh, I who, realize who is, who is in that that deep of a of a hole. And I don't say that to belittle your your response at all. Um, uh, you know, I, I I'll make fun of you here in a second, um, <laughs> but uh, I think one the one. Several important things, but one starting point that I think is an imperative, and, and I'm really glad you, you started off there. Um, joy is possible. I think as believers, we have to hold to that reality, and we have to affirm that and and, and come back to that over and over and over again because there is the threat of falling into the into a trap of thinking it's not possible. Um, so... Uh, if that if if you're in that kind of situation or you follow, find yourself in that situation where you're feeling that way, um, remind yourself that it is possible. It may not feel possible, but we need to at least intellectually start there. If we if we're not there, we can't go any, anywhere else. Um, the second point um, that uh, you 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 were talking in terms of there must be or there likely is sin present or it is a derivative of sin. Um, I would affirm and agree with, um, and even you know Paul's admonition, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice when we're not doing that. That in and of, in and of itself is sin and, is, and our inability to do that is, um, I would say is the function of sin to one degree or another. Um, is it directly related to a sin that we are embracing? That's a little bit harder and a little bit fuzzier, and I'm. I'm not necessarily yeah. saying that either. Yeah. Um, so let me give you the scenario that is the most common. So most people listening to this would be uh, um, college age, and this is where um, I think uh, Andrew, you might be a little insulated and naive, um, and I say that <laughs> lovingly. <laughs> um, uh, you married the girl that you were dating in high school. Um, uh, yeah, I know you can so, look at things, and I know. So, yeah, no, and I and I am I am saying all of this uh, just kind of in fun. No, but, but the, it's a the, fair point. But the the serious point is is that where the context in which this comes up um, most often for college age people, um, they have hearts that want to be married desperately and don't see any avenue for that to happen. Um, sometimes ever <laughs> they they just feel like this just isn't going to happen. Um, now. 
there's sin in that, in the sense of not trusting the Lord, not finding the Lord uh, all satisfying um, and so forth. And uh, it becomes one of those things though, that as uh, for the, the mature believer who is feeling that way, the more that they understand that, hey, this is this is evidence that I'm not trusting the Lord. I'm not finding Jesus to be all satisfying. And it almost a creates loop. Yeah. it is. Yeah. So, um, uh, so the question then comes like, what, what? How do you how do you get out of that um, when the circumstances are such? So uh, there, that's why I come back to the first point that knowing that joy is possible even in that situation um, is um, is, an, is is an imperative starting point. Your, your third point uh, um, was really to become more outward focused as opposed to inward focused, um, I think is a, is a really important practical point. Um, and w- one of the ways to think about that, that I think can be really helpful is to process through how, how in my sadness, in my pain, in my lack of contentment, how is this an opportunity to make much of Christ? Um, and that may be something that, again, for a mature believer, we can intellectually process, but emotionally we can't get behind. But if you can just get your head to go there, how can I make much of Christ out of this circumstance? And I'm, I, I want to make sure that 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 I'm being really clear. I am separating, and maybe this is just a Matthew personality. So I will I will acknowledge that up front. But which would probably be an Andrew personality too, in some ways. But I'm separating the intellectual and the emotional, and I'm saying that as an emotional being. That sometimes our emotions can't get there. Oftentimes, I just can't. I can't feel joy. So I'm I'm giving actually a pass. So let's just say I'm talking about myself. Yeah. Okay. I'm giving a pass yeah, to yeah. myself on the emotions. Yeah. And gonna say, all right, intellectually, I know that Christ is my everything. I don't feel it right now, but I know, and I want to intellectually understand and think through how can I make much of Christ in this circumstance, even while I am feeling down based on my circumstances. Mm-hmm. And if I can if I can see that and think that and then begin to say, all right, intellectually, without my emotions, how can I start moving in that direction to where I can do that? Mm-hmm. I believe the emotions will will follow, and it may take some time, but when we start investing and in, in, um, and moving in that direction, there is there's I, I I I this is this is what I what I would hold to like you know super firmly and in, in putting it back to joy is possible that um, there is joy in Christ. And when we start to move to making much of him in spite, in spite of our circumstances, I think God honors that and adds joy. But maybe we have to, to make those, those first steps first. And I think too, something that's important to remember is that uh, just like every other fruit of the spirit or every other good thing in our life, joy is a gift from God. And so the analogy that has been helpful to me is like we can God God describes if you think of a faucet. God describes the things that that are like the um the handles that turn the water on or open the faucet. So um you know prayer, scripture, fellowshipping with other believers, reading uh, healthy books and these types of things, meditating on the word and those are opening the handles. You can't make the water flow. God does that. And so we're just opening those handles and, and 
begging God to give us joy. There's a danger in thinking, in turning, uh, it's the same old, what relating to God as though I do this, this, and this, and he gives me this, this, and this. And we don't really think of it that way with things like joy or peace or things like that. But I think, I don't know, at least in my own life, you can start to like, well, I'm praying, well, I'm reading my Bible, I'm doing all these things, and I don't have joy. And there's this underlying anger at God as though like, you know, other people have these good things, why don't I have them? And it's the same as the thing from the garden. Like, does yeah. God really love you and want the best for you or not? Yeah. Um, so I don't know, I think it can be helpful to say joy is possible, but it's not possible to produce joy on your own. Right. Um, it's only possible to do the things God says will lead to it, and then to beg him, you know, please, please give joy. Yeah, and and the the reading your Bible and praying is always the answer. I, I um, <laughs> yeah, I would I would push in that though that I, I think the practical part that I would push through that is we need to read read our Bibles. We need to to be praying, but there is this how do I how do I push through that mm-hmm. and use you know through through my prayer life asking God for help and through reading His Word looking to see Him more with with the eye towards how do I make much of him mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. circumstance so you take the the uh, um, the Piper phrase um, God is most glorified in me when I am most satisfied in him and he adds on in the midst of suffering mm-hmm. at times like you can you have when, when you are suffering when you are hurting and you can make much of Christ that's that is like the highest calling that we can have it's the most um fulfillment of our purpose of why we've been designed and if we can again get our heads around that i think the emotions can ultimately follow and if i can thrash your analogy with um turning on the faucets um and take it one step further i I, as i'm listening to you on that what if it's what if we think of this in terms of i'm really dirty i have to take a shower you get into the shower and you turn it on and the water's cold and so the water's coming and it's cold and you have the choice of you can jump out and just stay dirty or you stay there in the cold water with the actual hope and expectation that it's going to get warm at some point. Hmm. And, and, and you stay there and you say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm going to endure the cold with the expectation towards the hot. Yep. Yep. And, um, and I'm going to lean in, into that. Um, in the process, you're getting clean and the water will get hot. That's um, good. <laughs> and it will, it will take, it will, it will, um, it will happen in, in different times. Um, the other, going a little bit different, different direction on this, the other practical side of this that I, um, I was thinking about, Paul tells the Romans, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I think that it is important, and this is, this is uh, it, it's important that we weep mm-hmm. with other people. Um, when we are, um, sorrowing when we are sad, when when we're down, um, the the admonition, the command that Paul is giving is to those who aren't weeping to come alongside those who are. But for those who are, we need to know that the reason Paul says that is because we need that. We need that community. We need to have others who will weep with us. Um, and so we we want to be in relationship, be in community, so that when we are in those seasons of life, there are people who can walk with us through those those times. The caveat to that is um, that is not a permission um, for us to all be Eeyores. 
and to walk around down all the time um, with everybody we encounter. There are right kinds of relationships for that. We don't need to show all of our cards to everybody all the time. Um, and that's not, that doesn't mean that we're fake. Um, but uh, there are certain aspects of life that are more appropriate to share with certain people than, than with others and, and based on our relationship level. And we want to have an awareness of that. Um, but we do want to be able to, to allow people to walk with us and to, to carry those burdens with us. And I think um, in, in that regard, as you're, all of us have friends or that go through seasons like this or we go through seasons like this. And I think it almost ties back. I know that like uh, we're just talking on a podcast and so we're kind of talking more directly maybe than we would face to face with someone. And there's a wisdom that we want to try to cultivate as believers. The Bible tells us to bear one another's burdens and to love one another. And sometimes it is it is that earnest directness of like a soldier on the battlefield grabbing another soldier to, that's wounded and carrying them. And there's a, there's a directness about it. And then there's other times where you're literally, yeah, you're, you're weeping with someone or they're hurt and you, you say nothing. Um, and so there's a wisdom that, this is kind of a tangent, but th- there's there's a wisdom that we're, we want to seek to develop as believers of what's the best way to love other believers in these situations. When do I need to say something more directly or, or strongly? When do I need to just be quiet? Um, when do I, I need to just listen? And I don't know, I just, that's kind of a yeah. separate thing on being a good friend. For- yeah, no, that's great. And maybe that's worthy of a whole another discussion. <laughs> um, two other points that I, I had in mind, I, I think are important to throw out. Um, when you are in that situation and you're, you're down um, and it, has, it goes on for a long time, um, I, I don't know that in our, in our context that we encourage or do this often enough, but I think it is worth uh, recognizing if you're in that situation, carve out time, like big chunks of time. We're talking like a half a day, a day. You could even do multiple days, but um, I know somebody who, when they're in that um, that predicament in that situation, just goes to a park, sits under a tree for a day at a time, and or or a half a day at a time, with a Bible, and just spends time looking at God's Word, praying, meditating, thinking through, um, pleading with God, um, and having that that time of solitude. So we do need other people, but we also need to have time where we're just like before the Lord and not just squeezing in a prayer while we're driving to work or to school or in the shower, or what, but like actual extended time of, of, of putting ourselves before God. I think um, really important and not done nearly often enough. And, um, and coming back to um, the, your point earlier of, of sin, Lots of times when I'm talking to people who are saying that they are down, depressed, whatever it is, um, and I ask them, how are you doing with reading your Bible? Um, many times, most of the time, it's, yeah, not, not so great. I haven't read it in a while. We have no hope as believers of ever ha- finding joy if we're not communing with the Lord. And then the other side of that is, um, uh, and coming from me, this is kind of a weird, uh, oh, maybe a weird thing, but um, sing. Um, whether it be by yourself or in church on Sunday mornings, but um, there's something, I almost, I almost was going to say magical, but I would say there's something like, <laughs> there's something in the gift of song that yeah. God has given, even to the most unmusical of us, 
that God moves in us to shape our hearts, especially when we are singing truth. Um, and so, um, yeah, those would be the, the other two components. Take extended periods of time alone with the Lord to meditate, think, and pray, and find opportunities to sing. Yeah, I. it's funny you brought that up. I was going to mention this earlier, and, and we went another direction. But, uh, yeah, I... That has been the single biggest turnaround. So I feel like I keep saying things that are going to come off harsh to people that are that are hurting, and I don't mean it this way. I'm saying this to and about myself, and I'm sharing it because it really has been the most helpful. When I can't get out of a joyless state, I I, I repent. Like I, there's something that God does through that of when I'm saying, Lord, I this is wrong. This is, I'm, I, if I trust you, you give joy, you're worthy of joy. There's just all these, and, and the repentance itself is helpful. And then uh, God is this, um, the, the analogy I keep thinking of is terrible, but it's like, like a massive fireball of joy. Like, like God is joy. It came from him. He defines it. And so I think people hear pray and read your Bible as cliche because they hear it as do these things and you'll get this thing joy. And what we're saying is you, you only do those things because they're the means to get to him. And, and if you're not the joy comes from being close to the Lord. It's like a fire. It infects you. And yeah. so the the prayer, the meditation, the word, that all of that is to get him. And so ultimately the question is, is, is it, it, this sounds harsh, is joy your pursuit or is he your pursuit? And if he's your ultimate pursuit, the closer you come to him, the joy, the water will eventually turn hot in the shower to go yeah. back to your analogy. Yeah. Sorry, I just... No, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> and it, it comes, this, this, this is absolutely an, another thing we have to explore on, on a podcast because I... I love what you just said and i think it's a hundred percent right so so if i'm sitting over here and i'm like i'm i agree with you andrew amen amen i still don't feel the joy i'm repenting and and if i was super honest um this is i think what a lot of people would say if i was super honest um i know that jesus is better that he is the source of the joy yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know that I can like generate that belief to fully own that, to see that, to pursue that. How do I? How do I get there? So that's another question. But the ant. But <laughs> you it doesn't, can see my face getting ready to. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't negate the reality that that's still the answer. That Jesus yeah, is yeah. better, and and that is the solution. So striving towards that and and getting anywhere near that reality of seeing Jesus is better than your circumstances. Um, you have zero hope for that apart from reading your Bible and praying. And I think what, what I, we're both trying to draw out, draw out is it's more than when you're, when you're deeper in that, it's more than just maybe a routine, read your Bible for 10 minutes and throw up a quick prayer sometimes. And we see this in example after example in the Bible, it is an absolute pouring out of yourself before the Lord for extended periods of time and allowing God to use that time to, uh, to shape you. Last thing really fast, at least last thing that I have. Mm -hmm. um, if you're feeling that way, look around and know that there's a lot of other people in the same boat, even if they don't show it. Um, and we need to be sensitive to each other in that context of knowing that a lot of people that you interact with, that we never have any idea that they're struggling with these kinds of things. They are. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's the nature of um, I don't know, it's the nature of life, or maybe the nature of life in 2021, or I, I don't know. But it's I can just say um, with certainty that a lot of people struggle. I like you use the word joyless. A lot of people struggle with joyless circumstances, and um, know that you're not alone. It doesn't excuse where we're at. We don't want to to settle. We have to know that joy is possible. And we but um, it's why uh, Philippians 1:29 is so. Um, special to me. We strive together for the gospel, and in the gospel there is joy. And and Jesus isn't sitting there sa- waiting, annoyed for you know, to get in gear and figure it yeah, out. Yeah. He he cares, and every step of the valleys that he brings you through is purposeful and meaningful, and from a, a deeper love and a deeper desire for your joy than you even have. Yeah. And I think yeah. that conviction can kind of steady us. All right, thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time.